This is a Media 8 production. This is an explicit podcast. So by the time Dad said, okay, you can go surfing, I reckon we were that fit. Like, I, I even now that I'm not as, nowhere near as fit as I would have been as a kid, I've still got that inner belief in myself, even when I'd be in trouble, that I could that I can swim and I'd have that calmness because, you know, you can swim, you know, but... Yeah, I'll tell you what, if I was that fit now, I'd be out of dangerous. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. Ten years ago, I owned a real estate agency on the northern end of the Gold Coast. Business was booming back then, and we had a lot going on. I was looking for a mortgage broker to do some work for us and called a few. We got fobbed off by about three of them, but then there was this one bloke who we knew straight away was hungry. So hungry, in fact, he jumped in his car and came to see me within the hour. When I met this bloke and was talking to him, he was by far the most Australian man I'd ever met in my life. He turned up in his ute with his surfboard hanging out the back and said, G'day, how you going? You must be Brett. Since then, I've become mates with this guy and we've worked together off and on for a whole pile of time. We've worked not only in property, but also in surfing, strongman promotions, and some other really random stuff. This bloke was born on the Gold Coast, where he continues to live, surf, every day, doing surf reports of various radio stations and TV stations, plus online surf reports on social media. He's commentated on the World Surfing Tour and many other events, and has a weekly surfing column, tapped into the waves he also writes for blank gc reviewing books bands music and movies he's a very experienced mc covering from awards nights to miss v8 supercar model quest hawaiian tropics women's in bikinis regular trivia nights probably in bikinis he's also emceed extreme sports events such as urban corruption at the royal easter show in front of about fifteen thousand showgoers He's a good mate of mine, and he's a legend of a man on the Gold Coast here, Terry Tapatise. How are you, buddy? Good, Brett. Good, mate. Mate, do you like the intro? Yeah, that's good. It's been 10 years. Really? That's, that's unbelievable. That's crazy, eh? Yeah, 2008. Been a, long, uh, a lot happened in 10 years, my friend. Bloody ace. Bloody ace, yeah. <laughs> I remember we, uh, we, when we first met, it was um, about some mortgage stuff, and I'm sitting there going, so what else do you do? And you go, I do this, and I do this, and I've got an MC, I do this, and I was like, wow, like, you've got more shit going on than me. Yeah, I, I do do a few things. Sometimes I sit back and look, actually. The first time I ever did it I um, was when I, um, I finished up with a job before I got into mortgage break, and I thought, oh, I've got to put a resume together. So I thought, God. What am I going to put in there? What have I done? And then I actually sat down and wrote down all the stuff I've done. I go, oh, my God. Turn the page much, over. Yeah. Next, next. Yeah, and, and like and I think it comes from my old man because my old man did a bit of everything. You know, he was a butcher. He was a bar manager. He was um, rode horses in camp drafts. He had top bloke too, you know. He was in the blood. Yeah, his dad, dad did a bit of everything and he could turn his hand to everything. He could coach footy teams. Actually, at, at I did Dad's eulogy at his um. It took me, actually, it took me like a day to write it. But oh, really? it actually took me twenty minutes to write it. But it took me a day yeah. to uh, like to, for it all just to soak in, and then bang, I wrote it in twenty minutes. But 
And everybody that was at the funeral said, wow, we didn't realise that Peter did all that stuff, you That's know. That's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'd imagine yours. Not for a very long time, let me tell you that. <laughs> We're going to go into that shortly as well. Mate, I like on this, I like to get to know people because everyone knows who Tapper is and he does his surf report and he's the larrikin on the on the uh, radio and the telly uh, on Channel 9 and uh, doing the surf reports and stuff like that. But I want to go all the way back to the start. What's your first ever memory? Oh, first ever memory I Oh, there's a few that are a bit How far blurry. back can you go? I can go back to three or four years old, yeah. which they reckon that's the absolute limit of people's memory. Uh, my brother really gets annoyed at me because I say, oh, remember this? We did this. <laughs> and he goes, you're kidding, aren't you? He just goes, you're, you're off your head. You're kidding. But, like, one of my first memories I remember is a stray cat, what we call Blacko, jumped over the fence at our house at Sunshine Parade. So that was when Dad was still at the pub. So that would have been pre-72. Yeah. Um, so. What yeah. year were you born? 65. 65. So about so, 70, about 70 well, years old. Well, probably was the 60s. It would have been, it would yeah. have had to be if you're That's only three when, or four. Yeah, well, that was when Dad was at the pub. He left the pub in 71. But, uh, yeah, it was about, yeah, and this black and white cat jumped over the fence and he became Black Owl, our cat. We adopted him. I don't know. But he, <laughs> he was there. And there was another thing. I think my brother threw a teddy bear at me through the window. That was when I was younger. I, but that's a blurry one. I just remember seeing a teddy bear-shaped it was this hard plastic thing, and I remember seeing that shape in the window. That's embedded. Scone you in the head. Yeah, he went went to scone me in the head. Yeah. yeah. So you you born and bred on the Gold Coast. Yeah, born at Southport Hospital. It doesn't exist anymore. So it was my eldest son. Yeah, yeah, all my kids except one was born out in um in that hospital as well. Yeah. And uh, funny when my daughter was born, the nurse goes, "You're born here." She goes, "No way." Is what date? She came back. She came back with the leather bound birth book. Oh, with really? My signature. Yeah, that's amazing. Isn't yeah, that? so it was pretty cool. Yeah, because I thought, wow, that she'd gone into the archives and found that. She just didn't yeah. believe it. That's what that yeah, was. Yeah, she didn't believe it. Yeah, but she <laughs> came back with the book. So yeah. And you grew up where? Which end of the coast? Um, I've lived all but five years of my life in four double two zero, which oh, is really? from early to um, Miami. Yep. Uh, mostly in Miami as a kid. I um, that's where I it was. My first house is still there. Mum's mum showed the house that they rented. It's still there in Fernie Fairway. Wow. It's actually still there. I was driving mum and she goes, "Yep, yeah, that's still there." <laughs> then we moved to Sunshine Parade at Miami, where the Miami One is that yep. shopping center. We had a house where that was next to the glass factory, and um, yeah. And then after that, the only time I first time I moved out of uh, Miami was when I um when my uh, ex was preg- pregnant with uh, my son and we moved down to Sydney for four months. That was my first time off the Gold Coast and not in Miami or Burley. And that's when you become a New South Wales supporter, of course. No, nah, never, mate, never. It's actually quite funny. I'm sitting here with a New South Wales hat on yeah. just to upset him when he walked in the door <laughs> and he's got a blue and white shirt on. It was like genius. <laughs> oh, work colours, you know, mate. Oh, oh fair I, enough. I got, Can't I got do much maroon, about that. maroon to the bone, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's, so uh, you did four or five years in Sydney, and then come back. No, up. no, four months. Four months in Sydney. As soon as the oh, kid wow. was, as soon as the kid was born, I went, come back, get me home. <laughs> like Sydney's great to visit. I've got some good mates there, and you know some unreal bands and that sort of thing there to see. But it's not the goalie. And yeah, the, yeah, the other time I um when I broke up with my ex, I actually know when we got back from Sydney, we lived at Mermaid Beach for two years, and I lived when I broke up with my ex, I lived in Cool and Gatta. For two years. Oh, and the other one I forgot when Dad quit the pub back in seventy one or whatever. Um, he we lived at Byron for eight months. A great spot. So though. yeah, 
Yeah. You're going to go and get away from shit. Well, Byron. especially in 1971. Oh, no. Yeah. How good was that? It was like a country town with some hippies around. Well, as much, much as I can changed. remember. No. Um, yeah, it's got to be bigger, bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so school, where was school? School was um, Marymount College. I started at Infant Saviour. That became Marymount College, which is um, – there's a development there now. It's where the old church at Burley used to be, and we used to be up the top there, and the church was down the bottom. We used to play down the bottom there. And in grade three, they moved all of Infant Saviour Primary out to Marymount College. And so that was the Marymount Primary when we got there. And, um, yeah, and we, uh, yeah, basically was at Marymount College for the rest of my schooling uh, from grade sort of one to 12, but it was, yeah, Infant Saviour. So school, good, bad, ugly? I was was actually a... Exceptional student. Well, really? No, I was actually. Remember, really your teachers good. might actually listen to this. So. Well, actually, um, if, <laughs> if, you get, still if, alive. if you get the book, the um, actually a couple of them are. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, this year, I was very proud. I got um, inducted as one of the top fifty former Marymount students, and oh, I made right. the book. Tingling. So, How yes. good's that? Oh, it was unreal. Considering, especially like uh, Count, uh, Councillor Dean Tozer, his uh, yep. wife was one of them. Um, there's movie stars. Carl Barron was another. Oh, one. really? Yeah, Carl went was to he school. there? No, Carl couldn't make it. I should have grabbed his brother Troy because I went to school with Troy. And yeah. Troy, if you ever hear um, Carl Barron, he's got a sketch about Sven, yeah, yeah. his Swedish brother, you know, like, you know, <laughs> where was the milkman sort of thing because, they, you know, he's dark-skinned, Troy's blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, <laughs> look like, nothing yeah. alike. Yeah, but they do when you put a blonde wig on, Carl. But anyway, oh, there you go. Yeah. Something we have to uh, try and do. Yeah, they did it on what, Thank God You're Here. Oh, really? He was on that and I just said, oh, Carl's on that. I'll have a look. And, I just gotta, and Carl gets paid doing exactly the same stuff he did at school. He's exactly the same. <laughs> he hasn't changed. He's, he hasn't he gets changed. money for it. He gets money for and it. And thinking about it, you probably do a similar thing. You surf every day. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to get in trouble at school. That was what I, the only thing I got in trouble for. Well, yeah. I, was, no, I, I was. had great grades until I got my license. Uh, Once whoops. I got my license and I was 18 in grade 12. It was uh, But, um, yeah, I used to ride my bike to school. <laughs> And I just, you know, cut it to the absolute minimum to get to school, and I'd be late, and so I'd put grease on my hands, and oh, the chain and, come off. Yeah, the chain come off. And Mr. Sedgman goes, "Ah, oh, boy, if you can't get a better way, more reliable way to school, you're gonna have to catch the bus." So I didn't want to catch a bus because that meant thirty minutes. So I couldn't yeah, be you surfing. surfing. Yeah, so yeah, so mate, a lot of your life's about surfing. When did that start? How did that start? Well, when I was dad and his mate Chris Pantana made this little board, which. Some mongrel nicked. It's a little fiberglass board about two foot long, but they made this one. We wouldn't have been. I just, all I remember on that was we were standing on it in the sand as the waves washed up. We didn't actually surf it. Me and my brother bodyboarded it when we were teenagers. We used to use it like a bodyboard yeah. or skimboard. But um, but from that, when we was, oh, Hono came around, I think one, we got a board between us, me and my brother. We got this yellow reshape. And so dad surfed, that's why you yeah, surfed. Yeah, dad surfed, yeah. yeah. Dad, dad, dad Plus was you a, lived near the beach, yeah. I suppose. Well, dad was a clubby. He started, he was a lifesaver. And then at, um, think about when I was born, that's when he started surfing. He was a beach inspector here on the Gold Coast. He, um, he actually saved a bloke's life, a kid's life from working. It was at the Shark Bar, the Miami pub, in, in behind the bar, being a bar manager. He always wore his Speedos instead of undies. And um, yeah. someone's going, there's a kid drowning out there. So dad's dropped his strides straight into the briny and rescued this kid. He made the paper, except they said it was Peter Reese instead of T. Oh, so, no. So the family's always been in the ocean. And then Dad took us, we used to go for holidays at Byron Bay at Watergates. And we had this one board and then one day Dad took us to the pass at Byron and he put, took turns of us pushing us on this wave with this board. And we were like, I've seen How old f- do you reckon they were then? Uh, eight. Yeah. And I think, like, 
I've seen the photos and like we were poo manning. Like, well, I was anyway, <laughs> poo manning. We thought we were ripping in the barrel the whole time. There was guys going, boy, look at those little boys. But this was back when the past, we were the only ones there. It was only tiny. But nowadays it'd be about 40,000 hipsters and backpackers yeah. and everything there. But it was great. And I remember like my brother, when I'm running back with the board, he's yelling at me going, come on, hurry up, my turn, my turn. And we were just talked. <laughs> From that day at the pass and that was it. And then the next, that Christmas I got a brand new board. My brother got the other one and we both had boards. And then, well, and then we, uh, we like I, we wanted to surf every day, particularly me because I, I was sort of over football and stuff. But um, uh, my, we, uh, yeah, I, I just uh, decided I wanted to surf. So Dad, in his wisdom, said, okay, you guys got to swim because we weren't allowed leg ropes till urethane leg ropes came out because Dad didn't like them. Yeah. So um, we went and trained with Nev Bruff and Michael Wendon was in the squad. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, he can swim. We, yeah, he goes all right. Yeah, he goes all right. My brother went all right. <laughs> he was an Olympian, was okay. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he won, won medals, I think yeah. so. Well, anyway, but, yeah, and, and we'd get down there and we were swimming three and a half miles a morning. Wow. Five days a week because Dad. Good way to learn. Well, Dad obviously <laughs> said to Nev Bruff because he taught us to swim too. He's a mean man. Well, he's probably dead now, but he was a good swimming coach, but, yeah. God, he was mean. We'd get there every morning, he'd go, you know, cold, five o'clock of a morning, cold winter's one. Okay, Terry and Robert, 32 warm-up, butterfly. Oh, 32 laps? Yeah, that was the start. <laughs> and then we'd finish on 1650s on the minute. <laughs> so by the time Dad said, okay, you can go surfing, I reckon we were that fit. Like, I, I even now that I'm not as nowhere near as fit as I would have been as a kid, I've still got that inner belief in myself, even when I'd be in trouble, that, that, I, could, that I can swim and I'd have that, calmness because yeah. you know you can swim you know but yeah i'll tell you what if i was that fit now i'd be out of, i'd be dangerous it's interesting because um mark visser i know quite well and mm. um and he was teaching i think he can do seven and a half minutes underwater yeah no. and mate these guys have taught him literally and as you say you've got to relax yeah. and you literally just let things take you where you need to go and whereas yeah. most people panic um i remember i got caught in a rip once and I went all the way out and all the way back in because that's what rips do because we were yeah. taught that as kids. Yeah. And there's so many people drown and all that stuff these days because they're trying to fight against the rip and do all that sort of stuff. I know um, Laurie Lawrence is doing a great thing for, for obviously water people mm. by, by trying to save kids and stuff. But I'm a true believer this shit should be, bought, should, should be taught properly in schools and stuff like that. Everyone should learn how to swim. Yeah, oh, oh, 100%. It's the best skill and art like, you know, um, I did it with all my kids, and I'm sure one day when I have grandkids, I'd have if my kids had kids at the age I did, I'd have eight grandchildren now. But I haven't got any at the moment. But I think there's a big hint there. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, don't no, I, no, no, it no. can come as it wants, mate. No, no rush. When it happens, it happens. But um, yeah, I'd be. I'd, that's the first thing I'd do, and Grandpa would be taking them surfing pretty quick after yeah, that. Yeah, for too. sure. Chucking them yeah. in there on a board. Yeah. Going out with them on the board. Yeah, yeah. Bit a bit of. Back and whatever I have yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember my old man was a, a, a pretty good surfer when he was young. And uh, I remember seeing the pictures of these massive boards, like and they were 12 footers or maybe even longer. And uh, the irony of that now is my stand up paddle board's probably as long as the things they were surfing on. That's like a plank. So it's yeah. unbelievable. My dad's second last board was five, nine and a half. His last board was about six, three. Yeah. But um, I've actually got that board. He sold it to a guy in. Brisbane. Who Is that used, the single fin you, you yeah. surfed with a couple of years yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, that's Dad's board. Goes like crap. I don't know how. The only time I ever surfed with Dad was um was when he had was on that board. It was just before he had his first cancer scare, and um and he could actually. I saw him doing a little crack and Rios at Greenmount. It was only two yeah. foot Greenmount. And I tell you, how what, old was, was he then? 
he would have been about 38. That's yeah. when the, when he got his first thing of cancer. He was given seven months to live. He, about 38? Yeah, 38 years past his use by date. He died at 76. So, oh, well, there you go. Yeah, Can't he's argue a with fighter. That, really, can you? Fighter, yeah. Oh, you talk about your dad a lot. Tell yeah. us about your dad. What his, type of bloke was he and what, what's the what's his story? His, his favourite word was, his favourite phrase was fair dinkum. Fair and dinkum. he was a fair dinkum. He was a butcher. <laughs> his, my grandfather, he was a butcher. My grandfather actually lost everything in the Great Depression. He was a butcher, local butcher, and he gave everyone meat. On, on the Goldie? No, Yamba. Dad's oh, from Yamba. Yamba. Oh, okay. Yeah, beautiful place, Yamba. Great spot, yeah. Yep. And um, he gave everyone meat on tick. So Henry lost everything. Yeah. He lost everything because of the Great Depression. Now he couldn't see people starve. But that's the type of thing. And we're like, it's a family trait that we're sort of a bit generous beyond our thing. And Dad was like that. He'd give, you know, he, like he coached, coached footy teams. He was always giving and, you know, always fair dinkum and it always gives someone a go. And, you know, like even if they'd fallen on hard times, it was like, yeah, well, I'll be all right. You know, yeah. like he's, you know, he's a very generous man and a man of many, many, many talents. He did many things. And, um, yeah, he's, um, he was actually, his speech at my 21st was the best. Yeah. That was our funniest speech. Do you remember ever it? Yeah, I know it word for word. Go on then. Um, he's, he's got there and like it's, we had two bands, like the bands that played at Your my, band at the time? No, no, right. my band, well, I played with a mate of mine, but yeah. but the band who played at my 50th, they played at my 21st and like it was wild sort of little party at Nobby Surf Club and Dad's got up and done the speech and he goes, okay, everybody, I'd like to thank you for coming here. Now, you people, you've got to be all right because I've never had any trouble with Terry or his brother Robert and I believe if you hang with shit, you become shit, so you must be all right. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> How good's that? Yeah, it was great. Oh, my, I love um, my, my old man at my wedding yeah. stood up and, and my father-in-law, now father-in-law, said this really long speech and thanked everyone. My old man steps up and goes, everything that Johnny said, just swap him for her. Thanks for coming. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I love it, my yeah. dad's, eh? Yeah, I know. It, it, was, it was great. And, like, the fighting, he's fighting, you know, like just with the cancer. You know, like I remember, I think I was, what, I was 11 when he got diagnosed. Yeah. So it was it was pretty heavy for me because I thought I was going to lose. He was told. Especially at 38 years old, man. Yeah, he had a uh, a tumour the size of a um, boulder marble up behind his ear. Oh, wow. So, and he did the radium, he did everything. And the thing that upset him most when he went and did the radium was the little kids getting the same treatment as him. Yeah. And that said, that hurt him more than anything. Uh, it says a lot yeah. about his heart, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, oh, big heart, big man, big heart. I wasn't a big man, big heart, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so he heart. lasted 38 more years. That's yeah, amazing, isn't it? past his use by date. And that's back, you know, with the treatment rudimentary it is, is now. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he couldn't taste for 10 years yeah. for the radium treatment. Yeah. And I think that's why he lost part of his ear in the end. I think it was the radium, you know, the yeah. offshoot of that. Can't but anyway, yeah. But, mate, um, well, great, sounds like a great man. And now your mum's. Oh, Mumsy. Hey, she's, she's still a, going, isn't she? She's a little champion, yeah. Hey. I, I spent the last two years up until about six months ago looking after Mum because when Dad was dying, he said, look, I'm worried about your mother. And I said, look, mate, I've got this. No worries. Yeah. We've got it. We've got to look after. No problem at all. And, um, and like, that's one thing. Dad kept, you know, if it, his word was his bond and I'm, I'm a bit the same way. If, you know, unfortunately it gets me in a bit of trouble, not trouble, but nah. gets me doing way too many things because I said, yeah, I'll do this, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't say no. But um, mum's, mum's is unreal and, um, you know, she's, she's such a trooper. And the funny thing is when mum was really crook, we thought we were going to lose mum and then dad got crook and mum came good. It's the amazing oh, wow. the human being that mum had to come good to look after dad and so she did. 
And it's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. I couldn't believe it because, like, Dad was looking after Mum. He was doing the washing, doing everything. He was, which yeah. was funny for a man of his era. Yeah, of course. Never happened. Because I used to say to him, you know, like, because I'm a modern bloke, you know, yeah. I go, Dad, you should be having it. Don't you tell me what to do, son. <laughs> and it's like, okay. But in the end, here he Did was. All, he was yeah, he was doing it all. And and then Mum turned around. And then, I, you know, I I didn't want Mum to go into a home, so I was there. You know, she was all right at home. She could, she got multiple myeloma, which is cancer of the bone marrow. I don't think they should have given her... um given her chemo because she was walking, she was driving a car, everything. Then they, then she did the chemo and nearly killed her. Yeah. But, but now she's in, um, she's in the, uh, uh, old people's home or whatever they call it, aged care facility. And we've got to set up, she's got a room cause she's got to have 24 seven care yep. sort of thing, but she's got a Fox sports and she's got her, um, <laughs> and she's got all the pictures on the wall of her and dad, you know, like uh, on the beach and stuff. And, and it's classic. Like she goes, Oh, Terry, I don't know what they think of me when, when the football's on. They must think I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm yelling out and she has to, you know. But uh, she loves it and she loves her surfing too. She watches like she loves Steffi. She, oh, I would have loved to have been there when that last uh, quarter final I had when Steph got beaten by um, Tatiana. She don't like that Tatiana. <laughs> she sticks a bum out all the time and she's got that G-string on. Why does she have to have that on and stick a bum out, you know? Oh, I love it. And she sits and goes, come on, Steffi, get a wave, get a wave. It's like when she watches the footy too, she tells them what to do. Has she ever met Steph? No, she hasn't. Dad Dad actually had the really good meeting with her. I, I met Steph. Oh, well, I've known Steph for ages since yeah. she was 11. But um, Dad was doing his walk around Coolangatta that he did when they lived down at Tweed Heads and – um. And he was doing his walk around and he's, and he's seeing Steph and Steph just looked at him and went, G'day, mate, how you going? And Dad was that impressed. He's told me, that's Stephanie Gilmer. He goes, what a great girl. And, and I saw Steph and I said, hey, Steph, I've got to thank you. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, oh, my dad saw you, you know, and you said, G'day, mate, how you going? Oh, that, she goes, that's nothing. Just what I, do. I said, yeah, a smile costs nothing, but it gives so much. And she oh, goes, and she goes, where did you get that from? That's great. And I've gone, McDonald's basic training. <laughs> McDonald's basic trade, but it's so true. It is so true. Because you can smile at someone, you lose nothing. And that's what I, I walk along doing my walk of a morning or wherever. I don't know half the people I'm looking at, but I'll smile at them, say, say good day. Yeah. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. So, how old's mum now? Mum's 87 in two weeks. I love when you walked in here and you go, if my mum saw you in the head, she'd clout you across the yeah, head. Yeah, she probably it's would. Like, it's she'd lovely, give you isn't it? She'd give you heaps. <laughs> but she, she loves a football. And so she, who's her and, team? Uh, Mighty Broncos. Manly Seagull. Uh. Broncos. No, my uncle. Uh, my uncle played for for Manly, but um, oh, did he? Yeah, he was married to my auntie, mum's sister, mum's yeah. mum's baby sister, who's seventy six now. Yeah. You gotta love that, don't you? Yeah, the baby sister, seventy six, <laughs> and they still treat them like that too. My mum's like yeah. that. my mum's seventy three, but yeah. she's the baby out of all of them, yeah. and they all still treat her like she's the little sister. And it's like yeah. you're seventy three. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, look at this. <laughs> oh, no, they're funny. So, mate, you've you've obviously done a lot on the Gold Coast. Mm. Where's the best wave you've ever surfed? Burley Heads. Yeah, without doubt. That was, I love that was quick. Heads. That was. Oh, there's no doubt. Well, I I first surfed Burley, what, well, I think Dad took us there when I was about 11 or 12. We surfed in the corner, in Kitty's Corner. So We're talking 40 years. Yeah, 40, 40 plus years. Yeah, I've been surfing there. And it's just such an amazing wave. Like, people go, oh, the Superbank, I call it something else with a W, but anyway. <laughs> but, um. It's 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 perfect the Superbank and it's a great wave, but Burley, I call it a thinking man's wave because at Burley it's got the sickest thickest barrel, but one you've got to know how to get into that barrel, and two you've got to know how to get out of it. At the Superbank, like any cook can stand there and get barreled off their nut and come yeah. out. At Burley, you got to know your stuff, you know, and it's and it's so powerful in the sections and it's and like 
like I had Sonny Garcia and John Shimuka, um, their pro surface. I had them at um, one of our club meetings once and, and they were, you know, just to, you know, so the kids could talk to them. And one of the kids said to them, oh, so hey, what's it like paddling out in Hawaii, you know? And everybody who surfs knows that it's not about getting out in Hawaii, it's how to get the bloody hell exactly. in. Exactly, how to survive the way in. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, or, or to catch a wave, you know, it's pretty heavy. And, and Sonny came out and said, Hard, and, well, so where's the hardest place to paddle out? And he goes, Burley Heads. Really? He said, hardest place to paddle out in the world. Because you've got to get off the rocks, yeah, then you've yeah. got to get out. So it's a it's a two edged a double edged sword, you know. Like you've got, well, particularly the sword on the. I've got my legs are actually got blue mark, purple marks all over them. My burly heads tattoos. So <laughs> I got I got some I got some beauties, but you know that's it's just yeah it's it's a great wave. I love it. But you know there's other places I surf surf I love. You've been too, overseas. Yeah, Hawaii, Indonesia, and Fiji. Um, Hawaii, the North Shore of Hawaii, I love. You know, like I'm not. You know, like I wouldn't be surfing it at the biggest it gets. No. But I've surfed Sunset and I've surfed Laniakea. I got slapped like a little bitch at off the wall. <laughs> I wasn't going near pipeline. There was too many people, but it would have been a similar result. But yeah, was it look, big? I was look, off the wall. I surfed it. That was only four to six foot, but it's yeah. like a four to six foot close out shore break on concrete. Oh, nice! It's literally feels like <laughs> concrete under your feet when you land. Pipeline's worse because it's got holes and things sticking up as yeah, well. Yeah. So, but Sunset, I love Sunset. It's great. It's um. It's got a lot, a lot of water. It's yeah. it's like it's like I only surfed at six to eight foot Australian, not Hawaiian. They probably could have probably called it two foot, I don't know. But yeah, like yeah. but like I was on a seven foot six biggest board I've ever surfed, and that felt like it needed to be bigger. And it's an amazing place. And the when the west sets come, you're like these waves come out of nowhere, all you do is put your head down and paddle. You know, like I think it'd be truly terrifying at, you know, ten to fifteen foot, you know, like I haven't surfed that big anyway, you know. But What's the I, biggest you surf, Burley? Oh, probably about eight foot. That's about as big as it gets. I'm sure there are have been bigger sets, and I've been out like, you know, I've been out at frigates when 10, 10 foot ten footers have come through. But you know, I haven't surfed much bigger than that. But you know, it takes you just got to be there and do it. That's the hardest thing. And having children at twenty one sort of uh, sort of curtails your traveling experiences <laughs> as a young bloke. You have to travel more now. You're getting older. Well, that's my go, but yeah, it's mate, it's funny. I was, when I was in Hawaii surfing sunset, there's these guys a bit older than me. They're wearing the the vest, the inflated oh, yeah. vest. I, I think it's just, I suppose, in case they get in trouble, they get washed. You know, yep. they come up again. I don't know. Yeah, that's got to be the habit. But yeah, but there's you know, like the North Shore Hawaii is so good because I I said to someone, you know, my idea of a perfect holiday was to um, go surfing all day, a couple of beers at night. And that's it. And on the North Shore, there's no nightclubs. There's a supermarket where you can buy beer, but there's no no nightlife. So you surf, you eat, maybe a couple of beers, and that's it. You can go to bed. And, like, if you want to go to Waikiki, yeah, you can do that. I did that one night and oh, 500 bucks later, you know. Like, it was <laughs> like, But anyway, that's, you know. But that Hawaii trip, it was a change. It was a, a really crucial point in my life. I, I actually – do a contest every year, which I'm doing this weekend, the Ben King Memorial. It used to be the Byron Easter Classic. My good friend Ben, he passed away about 10, 11 years ago. And I do, I commentate it every year and, and MC the Prezo. And this year, they had, 2016, they had um, a raffle, you know. When, in the raffle, there's various prizes, but two of them were tickets to Hawaii. And I've just gone, 
I've gone, bugger it, I'm going to buy a ticket. And, um, I'm going to win that. I had a girlfriend of mine, a mate of mine, I just sent to her. I said, oh, so when I win these tickets to Hawaii, are you coming with me? And she goes, oh, shit, yeah, let's leave tomorrow. <laughs> and, and then we've gone and set up the Prezo. It's all set up and they're doing the going to do the raffle. I said, oh, you can draw that tapper. And I'm going, nah, I'm not going to take it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing it. Nah. And I said, well, why don't you get the um, the bar, bar manager? So I got her. She's a nice looking bird. And she said hello to me. I'm wondering, do you know me? But anyway. but um, <laughs> She said, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not quite. She's a bit younger. But anyway, she's um, she's there. And I've, as she's starting to draw, I said, look, make sure you pull out Terry Tease, okay? And she just went, ha, ha, third ticket. No. Boom, and I won it. And what was so good about that was like I wanted to go to, oh, like I, I actually knew that I had to go to Hawaii because I'd always wanted to go. And if yeah. I didn't go, I'd never go. It's like the spiritual home really, yeah. isn't it? And so I was often. smoking durries and, and drinking and I thought, well, it took me about what, two months till I go. I ended up giving up the cigarettes because I didn't want to be a smoker when I was in Hawaii. Yeah. Put on a bit of weight, but I stopped smoking because of that. Then when I was in Hawaii, I had all this time to think and I was carrying a bit of weight and I thought, I'm just going to have a break from drinking. And I haven't had a drink since I got back. So when was that? After that? 26th of February 2017. I got, wow. That was, that, I got back the 20th, but I went to my mate's wet the head night and that night I just said, I'm going to have a break and I haven't had a drink since. So I, I'm not... I don't say I won't ever have a drink again. And it's not like you're an alcoholic or anything. No, no. You I just, just like decided, good good idea. Well, I've lost, I lost, last time I weighed myself, which was over six months ago, I'd lost 15 kilos. You're so, happy with that. So there's the proof in the pudding, you know, or lack of pudding maybe. But, uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. But it's, um, mate, it's, yeah, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And it was a chance. And I think life is made up of chances. Oh, without And doubt. it's what you do with that chance that you get. And I know when I think back, there's lots of things I could have and couldn't have done and, Wow, but you know what? In the end, you take take what you take, and yeah, it was just funny. That was like it was weird. It was a raffle, and because of that raffle, I stopped smoking, and well, and I stopped drinking as stopped well. Drinking as well, but that's that was more. I think more. I wanted to be a healthier person. Well, that's you know? the thing. And imagine how many years that's added to your life. Like, yeah. if you look at it from a health point of view, yeah. it's like losing that beef and, lo- and losing the drink and the smokes and stuff. How much money have you saved? That's well, the other thing. That's the amazing <laughs> thing, Brett. Like I used to always get to mortgage. You know, that mortgage time of the month, and I go, oh, better check the accounts. Okay, move this money to here. There. Yeah. Don't even look. Really? I don't even look now. In fact, I transfer money the other way now. And it's it's funny because it's just, you don't, well, it's easy. You know, you go down down the, like, say, the crab pot or something, down the club, four beers, there's 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Go on. And the durries are, what, 25 bucks a pack yeah. or something stupid now, aren't they? Well, yeah, well, that's it. And it's just like, it's ridiculous. Like I go and see gigs because I write for blank and I get the free free gigs. So I go see these gigs and um, I remember seeing one gig and there was this vinyl album. I collect vinyl and it was like really nice album. And I've gone, wow, that's all good. Maybe I should get that. I was going, hang on, you idiot. You spent nothing to get in. You haven't <laughs> had a drink. Normally if you're a drinker, you would have spent 50 bucks oh, one hour on yeah, booze. Yeah. Buy the album, 30 yeah. bucks, you know. But There's no problem. It's funny. It's just, yeah, it's – and. And yeah, I got no- that. yeah, I got nothing against anyone drinking and nah. nothing against, you know, and it's, and um, yeah, I'm fine with it. I've been out all night with, with the boys. It's only I've worked out. It's not the drunk that annoys me. It's the person. Oh, without so, doubt. Whether so, they're drunk or sober, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're it's still just a dick. Ampli- yeah, it's still <laughs> amplified though by alcohol yeah, sometimes. But that's it. Uh, it's interesting. I, I started, um, I, I used to, I wouldn't say I had a drinking problem, but I, I if I had one, I had a thousand, but yeah. I don't need to do that every now and then. Now I just have three beers. Mm. So anywhere I go, I'll have three beers. So I can still drive. So I drive yeah. everywhere. I pick my mates up, drop them off, whatever. Yeah. It changes your life. 
It really does, it does. because – and then the amount of people you sit there and go, fuck, is that me? Am I like that? <laughs> like, do I act like that? And you say, yep, you do. <laughs> well, I know where I do trivia, Justin Lane. They're wrapped because I had a free bar tab. When I used to when I used to work there, I reckon they've saved so much money. I got to ask them for another. Yeah, get a raise. Yeah, exactly. Because you know how many stubbies you're not, 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 you know. But yeah, but that's, but it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's an amazing thing, and I I'd recommend it to anyone just to have a break and not to do you know they have dry July. Nah, that's bull. You got to do it for yourself. Yeah. You got to do it for a reason. Well, yeah, and also it takes six weeks to you notice a change in yourself. Yep. And it's like you know you you break your arm six weeks. You do your knee, six weeks. Everything's yep. six weeks. So if you're going to do something, do it for six weeks. I mean, I'm doing a challenge at the gym at the moment. There's mm. another podcast we host called The Third Beer that uh, where we, we talk about stuff men don't normally talk about, like depression yep. and all that sort of stuff. And uh, on there, I, we're actually tracking my progress. And I'm in uh, week six of an eight-week uh, challenge at the yep. gym, and I've lost over seven kilos and seven, seven years off my guts and yep. stuff like that. And it's true. Like that eight-week period, I'll, I've changed the way that I actually look at stuff and I don't get hungry. I don't want that sugar anymore it's sort of but if you do it just for like the four weeks you get straight back into it that's yeah, what i think so that's it it does it changes your lifestyle i'm looking at a thing here right this was the moment when brazilian rodrigo coxa surfs 24.38 meter wave in portugal yeah, have that have hey that. like you look at the picture of the guy and he's about like an yeah. inch tall that's- yeah nah yeah nah I know blokes who do that. Nah. Like Ross Clark Jones and all those sort of guys. <laughs> like, how stupid are these blokes? Seriously, they've got to be nuts. Uh, oh, Ross, I've, I've surfed against Ross when, like, he's he's born 10 days. Uh, actually, is he a year into But no, no, that's right. He's a 65. Yeah. He's um he's born 10 days before me. He's the, he's the devil. He's the sixth <laughs> of the six, 65. Oh, there you go. And I'm... One six six sixty five. So we've both got the devil's <laughs> number in our birth dates. We're both the devil. But oh, he's, I've actually gone. If you see Ross Clark Jones' documentary, it'll say, "Don't go on a car with Ross." Well, I've done that, and don't go on a car with. He drives like like he doesn't drink. Ross yeah. is a non drinker. But um, yeah, we had to get a guy I know down to the airport. He'd missed his kids' christening. Oh, well, he was going to miss his kids' christening, and I so I became captain. Let's get him now. So, Ross, let's, we've got to get him. And his Brazilian wife at the time's in the front seat. She's doing the dancing to the doof doof in the front seat. I'm <laughs> drunk as 10, man. And I'm thinking, this looks like a really bad accident commercially. This is a, not a good idea. Don't get in the car don't with go Ross with Clark Ross. Jones. Yeah, yeah. Don't, go, don't go in a car. <laughs> and with from Ross. what I've seen, don't go surfing with Ross Clark Jones oh, he's, either. He's mad as Some a cunt. Some of the stuff mate. that they're doing, mate, like with, um, like driving the jet skis mm. and, and towings and stuff like that. Yeah. And some of the young blokes are all sitting there going, he's just nuts. Yeah, he is, yeah. Because yeah. you're supposed to, at our age, supposed to slow, because we're the same age. Yeah. You're supposed to start getting, you know, your, your wrist thing. Tony Ray is a good mate of mine who used to do the towings with Ross. Tony's, a, he's, he's you know, got a family and went, well, okay. I don't think Ross has got, got kids yet. I don't think so. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why. I don't know. Kids, like, you think, well, I should be alive for my kids. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And that was Tony's thoughts, I, I believe, anyway. He's good luck, Tony. So who's the best surfer that's not a professional that you've ever seen? Best surfer that's not a professional. Because obviously you get to hang out with a lot of pros. They're all hanging. They're all yeah, surfing well, so, at Berlin so and stuff. So not professionals. Oh, that's hard because most of the guys sort of have a crack at it. Yeah. One of the guys I really like is my mate Gavin Hensler. Gav yeah. or Les, we call him. Because Where'd his Les come from? It's his middle name, oh, Gavin yeah. Leslie. Yeah, yeah. But um, Les, um, he's the guy who can like he look he when he talks he goes, "How are you going, mate?" He's really <laughs> cruisy, and when he surfs, he's still cruisy, but he's radical. 
The oh, only really? guy I know can be really radical but still look like he's going, eh, hey, you know. <laughs> sort of like Parko-esque, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, I've seen many great surfers through my time, you know, guys who, who are, you know, made, and it's hard for, to think of something. Gav's just someone different. So what about you know? pro then? Who's the best surfer you've ever seen and then who's the best surfer you've ever surfed with? Oh, surf with? Be Ock. Yeah. I've seen Ock do some crazy stuff when we were kids. Mate, we, were, we did some stuff with Ocky with one of the businesses that we yeah. had. Mate, what a legend of a bloke. Oh, yeah. Mate, I love it. I walked into his apartment and you've got all these world champions just sitting on the floor. They're still yeah. there and he, one pipeline and here's this. And yeah. it's just, what a great bloke. Oh, mate, he's amazing. He's um he's definitely one out of the box, Ocky. And it's he so is. funny, his son, Jay, he's a real good server. He's, he's a good skater too, isn't he? Yeah, Jay? yeah. But he's 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 so much like... Like his dad. Oh, is he? Oh, he left his board and his board shorts on the beach one day, just walked off. He's done that a few times. He's just, <laughs> that's what Ock does. He just, like, he just goes, oh, and just mine just walks away from yeah. it. But he's such a genuine good bloke, Ock. He's yep. like, you know, he's fair dinkum. And, um, you know, that's uh, mum and dad. It was so funny um, because Ock bought a house in mum and dad's street at Tweed Heads and someone said, oh, Ocky's living in your mum and dad's street. I said, no. No, I'm about, oh, yeah, your mum and dad live in Ocky's street. I said, no, no, no. Ocky lives in mum and dad's street. And they used to, you know, come, they'd say good day to mum and dad and all that all the time. They're really, really good bloke, Ocky. Yeah, he's a know. lovely man. Yeah. And Ken, Born the same surf, day as eh? me too. Oh, is he really? 16th of June, another one. He's a year younger. He's a year younger than me. There you go. Yeah. What, who else is uh, Andre the Giant, Geronimo the Indian, all born the 16th of June? There you go. Peter Sterling. Peter Sterling. There you go. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow, Andre yeah. the Giant, mate! What a legend! Yeah, hey, you got a seven like foot three. He was yeah. five hundred pounds, half a ton of human. Ooh. But um, so what about so Oki's obviously the best person you've surfed with. What about pro Oki as well? Um, I, I'd say Kelly Slater is one of the most That's amazing cool. surfers I've ever seen. You know, like he's he's incredible. You know, like longevity as well. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's other local guys I surf with at Burla, like James Billy Watson. Like, he was just over at Cloudbreak and he was paddling into 20-footers on his 10-foot six board. Billy's an amazing guy, good bloke too. Um, you know, there's guys I just surf with locally that are just amazing. Like, old blokes like Peter Harris who won the Stubbies in, in 1980. Now, Dooley's, well, Dooley's in his 60s now and he can still command his his waves. And, and like, I love seeing that older guys who, you know, they've still got it. And that's my... And do the yeah. young blokes respect them still? Oh, bloody oath. Well, you know what I really like about it, which these little blokes, it's funny, you know, like they used to, you'd take any wave because, you know, like they're little blokes. Yeah. And then like there's one bloke, little Kaya and, and Liam O'Brien, another kid from our club, they um they went to Hawaii and all of a sudden they turned into men and all of a sudden those waves where you'd be just going and they'd be looking, <laughs> they're looking at it. But the good thing is they go, go tap your wave and that's what they're great to see and they do it. Well, people like Dooley just takes waves anyway. He's a little bit cranky, Dooley, and his brother <laughs> Dwayne, you know. Yeah, a little bit cranky, but they, they get their waves and they get respect. It was funny, I was commentating a pro event once and a pro junior event, and these kids are out at Burley and they one of them's, you know, going, they, you know, petered upset a couple of them, yeah. you know, just dropping in on them and that. And this one kid goes, oh, how's that old cranky? I said, you know, he, he won the stubbies in 1980. I was like, oh, really? All of a sudden they had instant respect and I thought, yeah. Kid, you don't know. You're supposed to have respect regardless anyway, yeah, of whether no, they've exactly. won a contest or not. But, you know, they're just some of the guys I know. And Well, you've mentioned yeah. your club a few times. Yeah. Mate, the Burley Board Riders, how long have yeah. you been there? I've been in Burley nearly 20 years. I was president of M&M Board Riders. That was a great time. But uh, yep. ended up leaving. Oh, there's a few different things. My son wanted to join Burley and there was a certain bloke in there that it didn't, you know. But it's I, always I, that bloke. Yeah, and I, I put in a lot of time. So And then I just thought, okay, 
son wants to, because all his mates are in Burley. So I said, okay. And the boys have been asking me for years to join. So I joined there. I've never held a uh, position as such except media director, but I just do what I can to help out and that's oh, what I that's do. that's the type of bloke you are. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, but I like helping out. But the good thing is we've got blokes like bloody legends like Eddie Lindors. And Mick Murphy was before Eddie. Now, Mick got that club when it was nothing and it was gone. It was dead. Like, it's 50 years old, Burley Board Riders, or 53 now, same age as me. Yep. And um, 16th of June it was invented. Oh, it? no, it was no, it was another <laughs> date. We've got actually the date. It was a, in a, the only recorded date of it. But, um, but yeah, they, they've actually got the club and they're all about junior development. And, like, Burley for years was a club of the boys, you know, the boys, yeah. you know, and the boys and get drunk and all that. Now we've got over 70 under 14-year-olds. That's amazing. And every Monday they have super grom training where there's probably 30 or 40. Of, they're, the, they're the little groms, you know. But it's so cool to see that. And I said to um to one of the boys once, I said, won't it be great one day when we're in our 70s and we're just sitting there at the point and there's our world champion out there surfing yeah, exactly. in a club round. And that's what it's all about. But it's amazing through, like, you know, I've seen Steph surfing contests since she was um, 11. Yep. I've seen Mick and Joel since they were about 13, 14. And to see these kids go through and become what they are, you know, like it's it's great to see. And, and like guys like Mick Fanning, like what a bloody gentleman that guy is. I was just and about Parker. to say that. It's amazing that like surfing is one of those sports, I think, as well, mm. where the amount of respect that Mick Fanning, Joel Parkinson, Steph Gilmore, all young, all Gold Coast kids, yeah. that they have, not because they're good surfers, they're really good surfers, yeah. but just because they're good humans. Yeah, there's another black I'd add to that list would be B. Derbage. Yep, He Great is guy. one of the best humans around. And I think what I what I like about B. is, like, Dad's a country bloke. He's from born in country New South Wales. Mum's from Grafton. Does he support New South Wales? No, nah, Dad never did, mate, Queenslander. He moved to Queensland in 1960. That was it. Turncoats yeah, anyway. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, yeah, Bede, he's got – because he's from North Stradbroke Island, like, yep. you know, like even all those guys I know, not all – like if they see me and I see him, they'll say, g'day, how you going, whatever. But Bede is amazing. I was North Stratty one day. I was there for a contest and I was a little bit hungover just walking in a straight line, just <laughs> oblivious to everything. And I this, hey, Terry, hey, hey, Tabba, Tabba. And he was like – 20 metres away, and he's yelling out to me to say g'day. That's the type of like, because he, I think probably because he comes from a country town where it's yep. rude not to say hello to someone. You so know true. someone. And I just love that attitude about him. And he does this little contest, Beads Grom Shootout every year. And I nearly get teary when I see it because it's so cool. It's, like it's a contest of kids and that's fine. But on Saturday night, he puts on a blue light disco for the kids. Oh, really? Well, they don't call it blue light no, disco course, anymore. But it's but kids disco, yeah. Yeah, kids disco. And it's great seeing these kids that are sometimes contest robots, they get to be kids. Yeah. And it's funny seeing some of the mums panic and where's my son, you know, <laughs> someone, someone's passion with someone out there. And because one of the little girls was staying with us and she's given us the goss. Oh, this guy was passion her and and he's but he's got another girlfriend somewhere else. And oh, and the, yeah, this year was pretty funny because they had the, the disco at the uh, bowls club. And when I got there, the kids are on the bowling greens. One bowling green is like the heaviest game of lawn bowls you've ever seen. <laughs> and the other other ones, they're doing Red Rover. Oh, really? The other bowl. <laughs> you got to love they'd, it, they'd you? come out and settled them down on the bowls, but they were still playing Red Rover. If the members saw it, I think they would have died. But <laughs> it was great seeing kids be kids. You know, right. that's and what they I got love. To be. Yeah. they got to be. That's what I like. So I've got some quick fire questions for yep, you. Right? Okay. Favourite food? Ooh, steak. Favourite song? Ooh, that's hard, but I'd, I'm going to go with Go With The Flow, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, I think I know the answer to this one. Favourite place in the world? 
Oh, he hits. Good call. Very good call. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here looking at your shirt. Yep. Okay. So we've got this surfer. We've got this bloke that does the MC, and we've got this guy. And the, how we originally met was yep. the fact that you're in financial services. I just saw an ad for ANZ Mobile, and he went, oh, yeah, okay, I'll have a go at that. And I had a go. It's not, like, to be honest, it's not my passion. Yep. But I can do it, and I do it pretty well. And that, that's a big thing for you, I know that, is that karma, karma is so real, it's ridiculous, yep. isn't it? It's yep. like, and for you do so good for other people, it's yep. amazing. So what's next for Tapper? What's next for me? Right, well, I'm, I'm actually... I'm thinking of getting to move back into more MC stuff. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I'm going to load that up a bit more. I've sort of because you're so good at the bikini girl contest. Is that what it is? You're going to become a full time bikini girl contest MC? I've, I haven't done a bikini girl comp for ages, but uh, for about a year. But you know, the funny thing is, the last one I did, nothing's changed. Only I've got older. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's still the, the girl that her boyfriend made a go in it, and she's really nervous. There's the strippers that are in it. Then there's the professional models. I know it's stereotypical, but it is. It's true. It's is. It's like, and you you know, and like, but yeah, most of those girls are really lovely girls too. You know, like, you know, they're, they're great girls. And um, you know, but you imagine like, like I know Blake. Oh, look at that. You know, but like, how much guts does it take to get into a bikini and parade down a catwalk with like five, six hundred people? Like yeah. I'm just talking. People might find that intimidating enough, but like. Oh, well, you're never going to see me in a bikini, but you know Thank what I mean? Thank Christ yeah. for that. That's all I can say. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's it's it's like pretty intimidating. It takes a lot of guts and, you know, and that to do it. So, yeah, I've got a bit of respect for him, you know. So what sort of MC are you going to do? What, what's, I was thinking even get doing a bit of karaoke and um, yeah. I was um, thought of a few other things as well. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, just going to. Just work on a little things to just to do some other stuff. I just want to um. Mate, I want to invite you to come and do podcasts because yeah. you're a podcast fan. Yeah, mate, people would love to hear Uncle Tap Tap on the uh, on the podcast. I reckon. Yeah, I'd hearing your stories, interviewing people, doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I think it would be amazing to. Uh, and this is similar to I'm saying. It's just that there's no one else in the room yeah. other than me and you at the moment. Well, I love it. I'm I'm a big fan of Richard Feidler's podcast. Yep. You know um, what do they call it? Conversation now. I'm. Mm-hmm. Whenever I can, and I listen to the podcast, but whenever I'm in the car, it's the best listening ever just to, you know, just the story. Because I love stories about people, and that's what it's all about. That's yeah. what it's all about. That's it. That's what it's all about. And you can even do it mobile, go on the road and start talking to people. Yeah. Travel around surfing, talking to people. Well, that, that'd be fun. That'd be actually, you know, I, I know a lot of the boys too, so it'd be interesting to see what I, what I got out of them. I don't know what stories we could put in and could leave <laughs> out. I don't know. There's a couple over the years and even some, some band stories too. So that, that's what I want to finish with. Mate, yeah. you, I went to your 50, 50th birthday. We mm. had a great night, your 50th, and there was two bands that played. Yep. My understanding is one played at your 21st and the other was a one-off reunion. Yeah, the, the Lizard Sunny Kings. Boys. Lizard Kings, that's right. Lizard Sorry, Kings, Lizard yeah. Kings. Yeah. So the Lizard Kings was your band? How did that work? Uh, yeah, well, it sort of started, um, I played in, in a few bands and the Lizard Kings are probably the most famous, you might inverted commas ones we did. We made the front page of the Bulletin Entertainment Guide a few times Woo-hoo! and that, yeah. yeah. And um, we never recorded anything, which is a shame, but we've got like desk tapes and stuff like that. But yeah, well, it was hard. It was actually, it was a cause of me doing a lot of other stuff as well, because being a sort of, we, what did they boys say, we used to be surf metal. I don't think we were surf metal. We're like bit of everything, you know, but loud yeah. and noisy. And being an alternative band, it's hard to get a gig. So I ended up finding these gigs. But in the back in the day, we supported Huxton Creepers. We played to about three or 4,000 people at the spit. Um, you know, we played with Celibate Rifles numerous times. Oh, what a great, great band. band. I love the rifles. I, 
And the good thing about the rifles is when you're a support band, now if you ever go see like your ACDC Rolling Stones, you'll notice that the support bands, you can hardly hear them. They're yep. really soft. Then the, the main band comes on, boom. And this is done right throughout the whole thing. The main band gets the most of the mix. But the celibate rifles gave us the whole desk. Because oh, really? They're that, they're that good. It's like, well, if you want to kick our ass, go for it. Good, good luck to you yeah. boys. And they're, they're great. They're, they're a great bunch of guys. But Are they, they still around? Been, yeah, yeah, they're still around. I Actually, it's funny now. Like, I wouldn't – back in the day, I'd be so nervous to talk. Now I'd talk to them. G'day, mate, how you going? Like, <laughs> Dave works at Mwomba. He's actually – one of the rifles, the guitarist, came to my 50th. He yeah. was there, Dave, and the drummer from the East and Dark. But, you know, like, I love music. That's my passion, surfing and music. And I've just started writing songs again, like I've wrote about four in the last six months. That, so my ambition is to try and get my own EP out because I want to get an EP, whether or not it's with a band or just myself. I've, but, yeah, I'm, I've got some good songs um, I'm pretty happy with at the Let's moment. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I just gotta well, I just gotta practice them a little bit more. Practice them, get the songs. Any ukulele songs we can play? Oh, there's there's one ukulele song which I've um satellite that I wrote on a wrote on a uh, ukulele. Yeah, but I've I've got the chords on the guitar now because I know it'll probably be both there. But um, but yeah, my mate Rick, he um he's a brilliant musician, a producer, and and he was, and he's dead set right. He goes, he goes, he's had so many people come in to record, and he goes. They're wasting their money. They're sitting there practicing for a couple of hours. Yeah. When you're paying for studio Just time. Just literally walk in, turn yeah. it on, and go. Yeah. So what I want to do is get to some open mic nights and get about eight songs where I just so I've got it down, pat, and it's done. You know, so I, I, you know, I can go into the studio and go, done. done. Yeah. yeah. Because my singing will be fine. I'll work that out, you know. I'm sure they've got auto-tune. No, I can sing. <laughs> I can sing. I know I can hold a note. I can't get too high, but I can keep the lows going. You can keep the low going. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah, I'm lower register. Well, mate, as far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. Thanks so much for spending the afternoon with me. I always love catching up with you. Good luck with everything you do, and I want to hear this EP. Okay, will do. I'm gonna, that's my mission for the that's rest of the year. That's your mission. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yes, thanks, Cheers, Brett. Mate. Hey guys, thanks for listening and what an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate Podcast.